Was it two weeks now, just last week? I think it was just last week. It's been two weeks. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah, it's true. I started on the 13th of August. The blood covenant. I'm going to teach it today, and I'll conclude it next Sunday as we take the communion. If you are missing any service, I beg you, don't miss next Sunday service. We are going to take the communion together as a family. It's a covenant meal. I'm teaching on the blood covenant. Then we are now going to take the covenant meal to seal it up. It's going to be a powerful experience. Age-abiding situations will have to disappear, dissipate, and dematerialize in the name of Jesus. We will find God. We will experience God. Amen. Amen. The blood covenant. Psalm 89 and verse 34. I want you to know, let me bear my heart on why I'm teaching this. We live in very uncertain times when all sorts of things are happening and the hearts of men are failing them because of the happenings in the world. And this is not just a Nigerian thing, it's a global thing. But as Christian people, we must understand that we are not like the rest of the world. We have a father who is mindful of us, who knows our conditions, knows where we are at per time, and who cares so much about us. And this father is a covenant-keeping God. I must let you know that when you begin to come close to God, one of the things you will realize is that God is not a casual God. He's not into casual friendships. You know, some people are into casual friendships. Like people have casual sex. You know, there is no commitment. Just meet and greet. Boom. And they have sex and they walk away. No strings attached. I just met you and that's it. I gave it to you. Give it to me. Bye-bye. Now, that's a crazy way to live. There is no commitment. No marital commitment. The person has not married you yet. He has access to your body. And there is something they call body count in, our, in this generation. I never knew it when I was growing up, but now I understand what it means. Now, body count is simply about casual relationships. How many people you slept with? That is to show how careless and reckless this generation has become. Sex is supposed to be a sacred thing between two people that are married in a covenant union under God and in the presence of his holy people. But this is something that young people trifle with these days. I like you, you like me, or I don't even like you. Well, we just met and we had one night together and that's it. God is not there. God is not like that. God is not into casual relationships. When you are coming close to God you will realize and discover from the scriptures and from your experience with God that God is a covenant-keeping God. Covenant is there and it is there forever. Whether it is rainy or sunny, a covenant remains in force. Whether you go through hell or high waters, green water or blue waters or no water at all, a covenant is in force. The simplest 
definition of a covenant or description of a covenant, the, the easiest synonym to it will be a contract. Like, okay, so we have this contract, you sign your part, I sign my part, and then as things play out, you play your part, I play my part because we have signed these papers. You are coming to take up a job in my organization. When you want to leave, you need to give me a month notice, and I'm not going to pay you for that one month. Do you agree? Yes, I agree. Ah, no, I don't agree, so you don't sign. Oh, yes, I agree. And then you sign, we have a contract, and that contract is binding on the two parties. God, in his relating to man, when you look at it from Genesis to Revelation, you will find that, in fact, this book is called the Old and the New Testament. Testament is another word for covenant. The Old Covenant and the New Covenant. God is a covenant-conscious, covenant-keeping, covenant-honoring God. When you tell God, I'm going to do this, because your word says so, so, and so, God honors that. If you tell God, I want to be meeting with you 6 a.m. every day, 6 a.m. every day, God is there. Now, whether you are there or not is a, is a different ballgame. In Genesis, when Adam fell, he covered his nakedness because he suddenly discovered, he and his wife discovered that they were naked. Now, they were covered in the glory before. But the glory light went out because of that treason they committed. And they found out that they were naked. And they went after fig leaves and sewed fig leaves together. What would it look like today if we were all wearing fig leaves? Fig leaf suits, fig leaf kaftan, fig leaves. And we wear fig leaves to church. God instituted the first covenant by killing an animal and using the skin of that animal to cover them. Blood was shed in that encounter. A symbol of what was to come in the person of Jesus Christ. In Genesis chapter 8, when, of course, the world had been destroyed by, by, the, by the flood and all of that, Noah got himself some clean animals and made a sacrifice to God. And the Bible says that when God smelled that sacrifice, he said, whoa, while this earth remained, that's Genesis 8, 22 now, while this earth remained, seed, time, harvest, day and night, Winter and summer, heat and cold shall not cease. It's a covenant. Can I ask you a question? Has there been any day that you've experienced since you've been born into this world that there was all day, all through, and through the night, there was no night. It was just all day. Has that ever happened? Have you ever experienced an all night? So much so that there was no day the next day. It was still all night and it continued to be all night. Have you ever experienced that? It will never happen because God himself said, while this earth remaineth, seed, time, harvest. That's why you need to be careful what you sow because there's going to be a harvest. Cold and heat. There will never be that year in this part of the world that we're going to have cold all year and there won't be heat. In some countries, they have more cold than heat, but they still have heat also. In fact, Especially somewhere in the U.S. Oh, winter is very cold. I've experienced it. I've also experienced their summer. The summer can be so bad that people have what they call heat stroke. I never knew heat stroke in Nigeria. I heard of it in the U.S. During the afternoon, during the day, you see white people taking off their clothes and they go to like public places and they just, where they have water, they have access to water and they just put their head and water is just 
you know, just rushing on them to keep them calm because of the heat of that summer. And when you go during the winter, it's like, whoa, what kind, of, what kind of cold is this? Don't worry, heat is still coming. Can I have an amen to that? Because God said so, there will be cold, yes, but also there will be heat. Are you going through challenges in your life right now? Are you going through problems right now? Don't worry, there will also be a season of solutions. Can I have an amen? God said so. God said so. He said, and there will be day and there will be night and they will not cease. If you read further down Genesis chapter 9, that's not my emphasis today. God said that he would not destroy the world with the flood anymore. And he said, I'm going to give you a token of my covenant. Somebody say covenant. God is a covenant keeping God. I want this word covenant to, to be etched into your spirit. So that you know that God is not gambling with your life. No matter what comes as a child of God. You won't go under because you serve a covenant-keeping father. God said, now, thank you, media. You've done a very good job. Genesis 9, 12. God said, this is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you. God was talking to Noah there. He said, for perpetual generations. If you are a student of the English language, you understand the meaning of the word perpetual. Perpetual means it is never ending. It will continue to last forever. Like when you say everlasting, is that right? Come on, talk to me. Is that correct? Now, what's the token? God said, I'm going to put a token. I'm going to show you a symbol of that covenant. I am a covenant conscious God, but I want to give you a token of that covenant. Now, verse 13, he said, I do set my bow in the cloud. This is what we call rainbow. I set it in the cloud. <laughs> that's the finger of God. He said, I. He didn't say, I'm going to send an angel to do it. I. Jehovah, the Almighty, do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of, the, of a covenant between me and the earth. Next verse. Next verse. He said, and it shall come to pass. When I bring a cloud over the earth <laughs> and it's about to rain, that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. Uh huh. And I will remember. Somebody say, remember. My covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. When I bring that bow to the cloud, I will remember my covenant and the covenant I have sworn that the flood will no longer destroy all flesh like it did in the days of Noah. And God was saying this to Noah, it will not happen again. Have you ever heard in the history of human existence after the flood of Noah, that flood destroyed the whole world? You might hear tsunami in some part of the world in some parts of the country. But have you ever heard, if you have ever heard, all of us would have been gone by now. <laughs> we wouldn't have had the chance to hear. It would have swept us away. But God said, by my covenant, it is not going to happen. So anytime you see the cloud and it's about to rain and you see the rainbow in the cloud, rejoice because that is the token of the covenant. 
I was in North Carolina, 2016, in the U.S. And one day I came out of the house and I saw the rainbow. Woo! I was excited. I was screaming. I was jumping. The white people around me were wondering, what's wrong with this guy? I said, you guys, you guys don't know what I'm, you don't know why I'm excited. My, my hosts were also wondering, Pastor Fred, what's going on? I said, look up, look, look at the sky. I said, yeah, we can see the rainbow. You don't know what that means? I'm excited every time I see the rainbow. Till now. Because it reminds me of the covenant that God caught between himself and the earth. Between himself and all flesh. I was bringing my children from school a couple of weeks ago. They also saw the rainbow and we all started screaming. We all started screaming, rejoicing because I told them. I was at a friend's mom's burial. We saw the rainbow in the cloud. I, I left, literally left the burial to rejoice. Why am I rejoicing? Because it means God is mindful of us. Somebody say God is mindful of me. Do you know what it means to be mindful of you? His mind is full of you because he remembers his covenant. I would have done this, ah, but for the covenant. Look, covenant binds you. Listen to me. A covenant binds you. You cannot go beyond the terms and the conditions of the covenant. I would have killed you, but I had a covenant with your father that I would never kill any of his children. So no matter what they did to you, you drop your gun. You had a covenant with the father. This is where I'm coming from. We live in very uncertain days and uncertain times. But can we trust God? Yes, we can. Because he's a covenant-keeping God. There are different kinds of covenant. There is what is called the salt covenant. No time to really delve into that today. The Roman soldier, one of the ways they rewarded them was to give them salt. They carried... When they went everywhere, they carried this small pouch that had salt inside. So if you did well, they would add to your salt. The word salt is, uh, I think it has some root in uh, maybe Latin or so, solario or solar, so, so, solara, something like that, where you get the word salary from. Salt and salary, they are from the same root. So, you know, when you work, they pay you salary. Part of the payment they gave them then was salt. That's why in English language, you will hear the idiomatic expression, that man is worth his salt. Because they pay them in salt. It's a kind of covenant. Now, but that's not what we're looking at this morning. We're looking at the blood covenant. This book is covered in blood. Every promise God made to you is covered in blood. That's why God will not back out on you. Because it is covered in the blood of his son. You can hold on to the promises no matter what is happening. Even if the enemy looks like he wants to take away your life, you can hold on to the promises of God and, and, and pillow your head on these promises because they are backed by blood. Psalm 89 verse 35, our main text, 34 rather, he said, my covenant will I not break, neither will I alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. My covenant will I not break. I won't break my covenant. God is not a covenant breaking God. Some human beings break covenants. I love you today. I love you. I'll marry you. We go to the altar. We get married. And tomorrow, say, I'm not doing anymore. Marriage is a kind of covenant. And you know how many people have broken that covenant. I learned in a place in Georgia, they have a marriage registry, eight minutes. Eight minutes registry. Two people can meet each other on the street. Hey, baby, you look beautiful. Hey, you look handsome too. 
love you, love me too. I can I love you? You can I love me? I love you. Let's go get married, man. <laughs> and it's a drive-through registry. So you can be in the car, and then you exchange marital vows with the priest or whoever is there, the officer. Under eight minutes, you're issued a certificate, you're married. And such marriages last also eight hours. After some rounds of sex, hey, you smell. What you mean I smell? Your mama, my mama, you're dead, man. And before you know it, boom, they go their separate ways. Is that God's plan? God is a covenant-keeping God. Now, in this study, we're looking at the ancient Jewish community. How did they run their blood covenant? How did they carry it out? And I told you last week, or maybe two weeks ago, that there are seven steps when a covenant is going to be caught between two families. Let me say again for the benefit of those who are hearing for the first time. You can have a family of warriors, but they go hungry every time because they don't have food. But they are powerful warriors, mighty warriors. When they go to battle, they can finish any enemy. You have another family, they are farmers. They farm. They have a lot of produce, but they are robbed often. They don't really have the physical energy to fight. Their energy is to farm, not to fight. The two families can come together and say, look, you are hungry, we have food. We are being robbed, nobody can rob you. Can you come and provide security for us while we provide food for you? And this is supposed to also happen in a marriage. You bring your strength to complement my weakness and I bring my strength to cover up for your weakness so that the two of us become one and we become inseparable so that nobody can take advantage of me, neither can anybody take advantage of you. Now, the two families, the hunter family or the, the warrior family and the farmer family can come together in agreement and they say we want to become one family. We want to have a covenant. We want you to be our covenant partners so that nobody would rob us anymore and you will never go hungry anymore. And they say, oh yeah, that's fine. So they go through seven steps. It could also be that one family, they are just physically weak, but mentally, they are highly cerebral. This other family, they are physically strong, but mentally, they are not as cerebral. Okay? So you can get them to sign any contract and they sign it and they're in bondage forever. So they said, look, we don't want to be stupid anymore. We can fight, but we don't understand academics. These guys understand academics. They are smart, but they can't fight. The two of them can come together and cut a covenant. What is a covenant? A covenant simply is a cut where blood flows. Say with me, a cut. You are not saying it properly. Say a cut. C-U-T. A cut where blood flows. That's the meaning of covenant. So, I gave the first two steps last week. Uh, run through them very quickly and then I go to the... I want to give you three today. I hope my time will permit me to do that. Step number one, I told you that each family chose a covenant representative and they chose the best. They chose the best, the best person in the family to represent the family. They don't choose the worst. And that's why when you are giving anything to God, give God your... Give God your... Then number two, step number two. The covenant court was made. Now, this is talking about the animal. They'll kill the animal from the back of the skull. 
they cut it all the way down, then they will open it and then uh, move it up a little bit so that blood can flow in one direction. All right? It could be a lamb, all right, uh, or a calf. They cut it through the backbone and then they open it up. There has to be blood. We are talking about covenant made by blood here. Now, step number three is what we're going into today. Step number three is that the representatives exchanged coats. The representatives exchanged coats. Each representative walked in the pathway of the animal's blood twice. And they did so in a figure eight. That's how they walk in the animal's blood, figure eight. All right? And after they walked through the blood the first time, they stopped and exchanged coats while making certain promises about who they were, what they had, and what they meant to each other. In our modern society, okay, let me, before I go there, anybody wearing a coat this morning? Uh, Prosper, you're wearing a coat? Prosper, where you come? Any other person wearing a coat? Or a waistcoat? Yeshua is wearing a coat, but she's female. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell her to take off that coat. <laughs> no, no, no other person. Okay, anybody, anybody wearing... An extra, like an extra, oh, Daniel, come. God bless you. Two of you are, in fact, I like this because the colors are different. <laughs> perfect. This is just perfect for me. Now, you come over here. All the council of elders of his family, they are seated here. All the council of elders of his family are seated behind him. Now, these are the best representing both families. The blood of the animals is already on the floor, on the ground, between them. The two of you are going to walk in a figure eight manner. You are going to walk twice. But the first time you walk, you stay here. Walk past each other. You stay here, all right? That is, you, you, you curve again, you face him. You will go like this. You curve again and then you face him, just like you're facing each other, all right? And then... I'm going to get you to exchange your coats. Okay? So let's see you walk. Good. 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 Now you turn. You're facing each other. All right? Now, take off your coats. Exchange. Walk. You also walk. Meet him. Meet him in the middle. Meet him in the middle. Yeah? No, 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 don't go past him. Just me, uh -huh, right? So exchange your coats now. Now wait, wear his own coat. You wear his own coat. This is how they are going to go home today. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. The easiest way to wear a coat. You let it fall down like this. Just slip your hand in it. Slip your hand in it. Somebody in Europe taught me that. I used to struggle. Out. <laughs> okay, now face each other. Face each other. Okay? Stand in front of each other. Don't be afraid. Both of you are men. They are standing inside blood. The blood of the animal is all over the ground, messed up. And they are swearing to each other. This is who I am to you. You are my covenant blood brother. From today, whoever comes against you, comes against me. Whoever comes against me, comes against you. Your enemies become my enemies. Your friends become my friends. If you have anything, 
and I am in, I'm in, I'm in need of it and I place a demand, you are bound by the covenant today to give it to me. If I have anything and you stand in need of it and you call on me, I am bound to give it to you. Now, what is the symbol of the coat? What is the interpretation? In the military, the private is at the lowest level. Is that right? In Nigeria, we don't call them private. What do we call them? Nobody knows anything about military here. Sergeant or recruit. The lowest. Let's say sergeant. I don't know. I think he's... But I know the American one, they call them private. When a private, let's say this blue jacket now is the uniform of a private. When a private enters into a room where there are soldiers, nothing happens. It's just a private. It's like the lowest person, the lowest class in the military. But when a general enters into a room, Everybody in that room drops what they are doing and they salute the general. Sir! Yes, sir! And generals live by command. Private Prosper, you report at my quarters 4 p.m. GMT plus one. Is that clear? Sir! Yes, sir! What now happens when a private, Private Daniel, is now wearing the uniform of General Prosper. This man used to be the general. He's the owner of the red coat. That's the general. The blue coat is for the private. They now exchanged, so much so that an ordinary private is now wearing the uniform of a general. If he wears this uniform and goes into a room where there are soldiers, they won't say, who dash you? No. The uniform will talk. All of them will stand at attention. They are going to salute. Why? Because the uniform is speaking. It is the uniform of a general. Are you with me? Are you with me? This is one of the things that happen. This man is a farmer. This one is a hunter. Now, the hunter becomes a farmer. The farmer becomes a hunter. They exchange their coat. Not only do they do that, they also exchange their weapons. Stay there. I want to go quickly, quickly, so that I can get to my last point. Step four. But you guys didn't bring weapons to church today. They exchange their weapons. Okay? Um... Back in the Jewish society, now you guys give me some space. Step back a bit. Let me stand in the middle of you. The way they dressed, they had these long flowing gowns. So usually, they would take the back of their gown and roll it up like this and hold it with their girdle or their belt so that they could run and they could fight. You can't fight with a kaftan the long flowing whatever and you can't run with it you will fall it's like a jalamia you know what they call jalamia you can't you can't fight with that if you want to fight you don't wear jalamia you know you're already at a disadvantage 
So they normally would fold it up and hold it with their belt. But when a covenant has been caught, they will remove the belt. Meaning, now I'm vulnerable. I expose myself to you. Whatever I am, I expose to you now. I show you my weakness and I give you all of myself. It's like in marriage. The husband and wife don't go to bed all dressed up. They can go to an event all dressed up. But when they go to the bedroom, you can't be shy anymore. This is who I am. And you see me for the first time in the honeymoon under normal circumstances. Amen? I show you my vulnerability. This is who I am. Then they exchange their belts. Then they exchange their weapons. This man was a fighter, or he's a fighter. Normally around his waist, he has all kinds of dangerous weapons that he has tied with his belt. So as he removes the belt, he hands the belt over to this man and hands him all the weapons, the dangerous weapons of warfare. He gives it to this man. This man is only a farmer. The worst weapon he can have, maybe it's a cutlass or a hoe. He will also take it and say, look, this is my weapon and this is my belt. So the two of them become one. They are merging. It's a process. Are you with me, church? God bless you. God bless you guys. Before you go. Hallelujah. Now, this is what they are saying to each other. Here is my authority and power in war. As they exchange, act as though you are exchanging weapons. Like you are handing over weapons. Just let, uh, let your, your hands hang like that. Just hang like that. Stay like that. You are men. All right? Now, say these words. Say, um, glory be to God. Here is my authority and power in war. I give it to you. Any enemy that comes against you is my enemy. Anyone who curses you, I curse. Anyone who threatens you has to answer to me. Just as this animal has bled and died, the animal has been spread between both of them and then there is blood. They are standing on blood. Don't forget, they are standing on blood. That ground cannot be dry. It has to be blood, bloody. Just as this animal has bled and died, I will bleed and die for your family the same as I would mine. Amen. All right, so release your hands and stay there. Step number five. The, step, the steps are seven. The remaining two I'll take next week, but I want to take number five now so we can close the service. Somebody getting something this morning? I'm demonstrating this because I want it to remain in your memory. I want it to remain in your memory. And I'm trying to show us the covenant we have with God the Father so that our hearts can be at rest, that come rain, come shine, God is on our side. Amen? See these two guys? They can never deny each other any benefit anymore in their lives for the rest of their lives. In fact, this covenant they are cutting today will last eight generations at least. Eight generations. Step number five. The two representatives will now cut their flesh. 
That's step number five. Don't cut yet. Once most of the covenant promises and blessings were made, you know they've made covenant blessings now and promises, the two representatives cut their own flesh so their blood was visible to all the council of elders. Then they brought their hands together and then mingled their blood and lifted their hands to God. This was when the most precious of the vows were made between the families. By lifting their hands to God, they were making the creator of the heaven and the earth third party to their covenant. Believing almighty God to watch over their agreement, each swore by God to keep the promises they had made. By bringing their hands together and mingling their blood, they were called one family. From that day on, the seal of the covenant was the scar on each representative's body. If you saw someone with the covenant scar, you really didn't know who you are messing with, and you would probably think twice about stirring up trouble with them. That scar meant there was a blood brother hanging around somewhere. I am going to demonstrate this again next week. This cutting. Please, protocol, you get me, in the course of the week, get me transparent cups. It can be disposable, transparent, plastic. Get me about three. This man will take a knife and he will cut himself here. A deep cut. Ah! Feel the pain. You should feel the pain. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to squeeze the blood in a cup. Imagine, there's an imaginary cup here. So hold the cup with your other hand. Come on. Feel the pain. We have some blood there. I'm going to cut this man too. Blood is flowing. Squeeze your face. So we have blood here. We have blood here. There's a priest. The priest will actually get the two cups and mingle it. When you combine blood and blood, can you separate your blood from... Can you tell which one is your blood now? Can you tell which one is your blood? A covenant makes two, one. Are you with me? A covenant makes two, one. They are now of one blood. And in some cases, they drink that blood. The taste of it and the taste of it now, in this case, I've cut the two of them. So you bring your wrists together and mingle your blood. Mingle it, mingle it well, rub it well, rub it well. So his blood is entering his body and his blood is entering his body. And none of them, neither of them has HIV. Can I have an amen? amen. Neither do they have hepatitis. Can I have an amen? amen? They have the blood of Jesus. And after mingling that, both of you now lift your hands to heaven, to God. Face the same direction. Lift your hands, lift both hands. Yeah, to God. Awesome. And then you'll be making promises to God that God, you are the third party in this covenant today. If I ever go back on my brother, let so 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 and so and so happen to me. But if I'm ever there for him, let the blessings of this covenant follow me all the days of my life. 
Now, this is when the two families become one. Because blood has mingled with blood. Are you with me? Pastor, where are you going? I will show you next week where I'm going. But I can tell you a little bit of it. A little bit of it is that we are now heirs of the Father and we are joint heirs with Christ. God caught a covenant with his own son in the blood of his son on the cross of Calvary. Such that if any man now be in Christ, is a new creature, all things have passed away and all things have become new. And Jesus has become your covenant blood brother, your big brother. And you have become a covenant child of the Most High God. Can I have an amen to that? Nobody messes with you. Now, because of the court, you have a scar. Am I right about that? When you see anybody with a covenant scar, you don't want to mess up with them. You know why? You don't know who you are really messing up with. That is why it is dangerous to beat a woman. Because you don't know whose wife you are beating. She just might be the wife of an army general. And if that is the case, the soldiers will come for you. You will see the soldiers. The soldiers will see you. God bless the soldiers and God bless you. Can I have an amen? A young man at Mokola Roundabout was putting his hand in the pocket of a soldier. The man was wearing, what do you call it, mufti. He didn't know he was a soldier. Two of them, they were wearing mufti. You know these boys that always steal at Mokola Roundabout. He put his hand in the man's pocket and stole the phone. The other soldier was coming behind. He saw him. The one whose phone he stole did not see him. Didn't even suspect. So before he ran, that one picked him up. Oh yeah, bring out the phone. Bring out the phone. So he brought out the phone. They gave him military beating. Then they threw him up and he would land on the floor. They would throw him up, he would land on the floor. Then the, their own bike that they brought, their motorbike, they asked him to carry it and put it on his head. And they wanted to lead him to the barracks. When soldiers beat anybody for five minutes, they have reduced that person's lifespan. <laughs> five minutes beating. Especially there are these, these people they call military police. If they give anybody one hour of torture, if that person was supposed to live for 90 years, they've taken maybe 10 years or 20 with one hour of torture. You don't beat a woman. You don't know whose wife she is because she's connected to someone by covenant. When you see a man with a covenant scar, don't mess up with him because you don't know his covenant partner. He may be weak. Oh, don't beat me now. You know, please. Don't. Ah, beat him. He has sworn in blood with someone else that is mighty. Glory be to God. He that is mighty is on his side. And when they swore to each other, it's such that if anybody ever beats me, I'll call on you. And what will you do? You will spring into action. The Lord bless you guys. Go and sit. Put your hands together for them. In Matthew 18, 19, 
Can I have that on the screen as I close or begin to close? Matthew 18, 19 and 20. Again, I say unto you, Jesus speaking, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father who is in heaven. Two of you. Covenant makes two, one. Jesus was talking about covenant here. That's why it's good to have a prayer partner. I know most of you are not married yet, you're single, but you can have a prayer partner. And please, a prayer partner should not turn to a sin partner. I tried to make squads of four. Some time ago, I was hearing reports I didn't like. There's some people who are going after some people, trying to date them. I said, form a squad so you can pray together. I know you are all young people, you have adrenaline flowing. Yeah, you have hormones. You see, fine, there are fine girls in this church, I know. And there are handsome boys in this church, glory be to God. But, 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 we are not at that point right now. That is not what this is about. This is about destiny. This is about our lives. And I hope that some people are not sleeping with each other in this church. Somewhere outside after church. I hope it is not happening. I just hope so. This is not the time for it. There is a time and a season for everything. Listen, a time will come in your life. If you are not sleeping with your husband or your wife, people will query you, what's your problem? Why are you not giving it to him? Even your parents will call you and say, what's your problem? Uh -uh, we give back to you. Give back to somebody too now. But no parents will call you for that now. It is not that, because it is just not the time for it. You're in 100 level and they say, that, see, see, your mates are graduating now. They're having convocation. Nobody will, no parents will talk to you about that. They will rather be talking to you about matriculation and getting your grades up for the day of convocation. Those of you that have just graduated now, if you don't go for youth service in the next six months, won't your parents raise an eyebrow? What's going on? Why, why didn't they put you in stream A or batch B? Because it is time for youth service now. But did they ask you that in 200 level? Your mates are going for youth service, oh? Finish up that 200 level and go for youth service. Would they ever say that? Because it's not time for it. Listen, there is a time and season for everything. Don't do what you're supposed to do tomorrow today. If you do it today, it won't bring glory. Are you with me? A word is enough for the wise. Jesus said, if two of you shall agree on earth, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. It's a covenant. This is why one of the strongest relationships that we can have is marriage. If a husband and wife can agree, if they agree on anything, it will happen. But the, the challenge most times is that our parents and those of us who are married don't agree. And it is one person that causes us to not agree. His name is Satan the devil. Can we agree that this green is not green, it is black? We want to pray. We want to turn this green to black. One person says, ah, yes, oh, it's black, it's black, it's black. The other person says, huh, now you am. <laughs> the thing is green, oh. <laughs> How can you turn green to black? In their mind. But they go ahead and pray together. One hour. But in their mind, ah, I don't believe this green got black. Let's go and buy black rock. This one is green. It doesn't work. But if two shall agree on earth 
The power of agreement is on earth. Jesus said, if two of you shall agree, verse 19, if two of you shall agree on earth, if two of you shall agree on earth, if two of you shall agree on earth, if a friend can get another friend and say, my friend, please, don't just be my guy. Because that's the song that is popular now. Who is your guy? Don't just be my guy. Be my prayer partner. Can we agree? I have stayed at home for too long. I need admission. I want you I. Can we agree? I'm, I'm gunning for a scholarship in the UK and I want God to give it to me. I don't know anybody. I have no connection. But I know God can do it. Can you agree with me? Can you please agree with me? If you can get someone to agree with you. Jesus said, if two of you shall agree on earth as touching what? Anything. That's a blank ticket. Anything. Ah, it's really big. Anything. It's intimidating. Anything. He said, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father who is in heaven. That's why we have a church. That's why you should have a friend in the church. Someone you can pray with and say, please agree with me. I got a doctor's report, but it's not the Lord's report. Can you please agree with me? I got a lawyer's report, but it's not the Lord's report. Can you agree with me? I got a banker's report, but it's not the Lord's report. Can you agree with me? I got a warning from the HOD of my department but I want to turn it around. Can you please agree with me? And both of you can find your way to church, even on a day where there is no service, and you come to the altar, and you kneel down, and you pray, and say, Lord, turn this around. And in no time, you will come back to share the testimony. Are you with me, church? This is why we're a church. We are not a social group. And we are not a political party. This is why our songs must glorify Jesus. Not songs that appeal to our, our flesh. You watch some church videos and you're wondering, are, you, are these people actually in a church or in a party? Very provocative and seductive dance styles. The kind of, the kind of dance that makes the brothers not to concentrate. From the beginning of the service to the end, say, ah! Kilelei. Let the church be the church. Let the club be the club. The church is the place of encounter. We are dealing with serious stuff here. Do you know how many people come to church and they are so depressed? Do you know how many come to church and they want to kill themselves? Say, so let me just go to church. Let me go for my funeral service. After service, I want to go and hang myself. Do you know how many come and they are confused? Do you know how many come and they are sick and they are looking for help? Yesterday, I, I bumped into a lady in the ICC, and she just opened a door for me. That was all. I sensed something was wrong. And I, I just walked up to her and said, hey, everything okay? She said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I went to the convenience. When I came out, she was still waiting. I said, everything okay? So I put my arm around her shoulder and just rubbed a bit. She started crying. So after the service, I said, see me and let's talk. People are going through stuff. Let's not make matters worse for one another. Let's make matters better. I'm closing now. But please, I want to beg you. Let the expression house be our own community. Let it be the place where we find love. Where we find hope. Where we find help. After service, you don't need to rush home if you don't have to. 
You can hang around a bit, just a few minutes. Talk to somebody. Pray with somebody. Agree with somebody. When the testimonies come, God will be glorified. I pray for us that we'll become covenant conscious from this weekend. Why is it important for us to be covenant conscious? It boosts our confidence in God. We have a big brother in Christ Jesus. God the Father caught a covenant with us in the precious blood of his own son. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In Galatians 3.13-14, he said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He being made a curse for us, for it is written, Curse everyone that hangeth on the tree. Amen? Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, come upon us the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. That's covenant. As his blood was being shed on that cross of Calvary, blood, 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 precious blood, the blood of the sinless Son of God, the sinless blood of the only Son of God, a covenant was being caught. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm closing. I want you to write down these scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Please make sure you write when you come to church. At least make some notes so you can go back and refer to it. Verses 16 to 18. Second Corinthians 6, 16 to 18. Let's read together. One, two, go. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell, I will dwell where? I will dwell where? Inside them. Does that include you? Or who are the them? Who are the them? We are. Okay, God has said what? Read it again. God has said what? I will dwell in them. Where is God dwelling right now? Okay, and? 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 I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Who is your God? The almighty God covenant. He wasn't our God before. Yes, he created us. But when we give our lives to Christ, he became our God and we became his children. Amen? Not everybody you see is a child of God. Everybody is a creature of God. It's those who have surrendered to Christ who become the children of God. To them that believe on his name. He came to his own, John chapter 1 from verse 14, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become what they believed. They believed on him as the son of God. And to them that received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Can I have an amen to that? If you marry an unbeliever, you have not married a son of God or a daughter of God. You have married a creature. And it's not a new creature. When he becomes born again, wherefore if any man be in Christ, he becomes what? A new creature. Are you with me? 
Tell your neighbor, don't marry an old creature. Tell them again, don't marry an old creature. Wherefore, now listen, he said, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. God is calling us out, out of this corrupt world. Be separate. Be separate, Samantha. Be separate, Oluchi. Be separate, Yeshua. Be separate, Nike. Be separate, David. Come out from among them. Come out from among this corrupt generation. I want you to be separate. Be separate. Azizat, be separate. <laughs> Glory to God. And I will be a father unto you. Mudukbeore. And you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Anyone that becomes a born-again Christian, you now become a son of God. If you are male, you become a daughter of God. If you are female, you shall be my sons and daughters. That's a covenant relationship. Can you mess up with the son or the daughter of the president of Nigeria? No, that's too much. The son or the daughter of the governor of this state. Say, what's your problem? Because you are the daughter of the governor. Uh -huh. My friend, will you get up from there? Oh, really? Say, excuse me, uh, I don't mean to be rude, but my name is Tamuno Makinde, and I am the daughter of the governor of your state, this very state. Oh, really? Congratulations. And I am the Do you know who I am? No, no. Do you know who I am? Now, my, my father might not be the governor. He might not even be. Ah. And then you just push her. Meanwhile, a security aide are just around the corner. Just trying to observe what drama is going on. And then you go as much as give her a dirty slap. In Mokola, I was like, you. When you want to woe somebody, it's from up. Woze you. Zia. So you wozed her, and she fell on the floor. The daughter of the governor. Some people say executive governor. That's wrong. There is no non-executive governor. There's only one governor. It's a governor. Glory be to God. The soldiers will come for you. The police will come for you. They will bundle you. You, Amoteku will come. <laughs> you gave her one slap. Can you, can you calculate how many slaps that person is likely to get? In one minute. You just be hearing, boss, gas, gas, boss, gas, 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 boss. By the time the person tries to open their eyes, they will see stars. By the time they try to hear, what's your name? You'll be hearing angels singing. Angels are singing, you are worthy, you are worthy, Lord. Because you messed up with the daughter of the governor. Can you imagine messing up with the daughter of the most high God? Can you imagine anybody messing up with the son of the most high God, the El Elyon? And that's who you are. You are the daughter, you are the son of the most high God. But can I tell you what? The devil will still try to mess up with you. It is you who needs to know who you are in Christ 
and tell him, Mr. Devil, you are a defeated foe. Get out of my house. I say that to him every time. Because he's a very stubborn guy. He's the goat of the beans market. He will come again and again. Send him back again and again. And wound him every time. How do you injure the devil? Using the word of God because the word of God is the sword of the spirit. Can I have an amen? amen. Wound him so much that next time, devils come to your neighborhood. And he sends some demons to your house. He will send them house by house. Now you, go into that house. You, go into that house. You, go into that house. And then he, send, he assigns some to your house. They will say, no, no, boss, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Okay, you say, go. You say, ah, are you crazy? I say, go. You say, ah, okay, have you forgotten? That was the guy who went to his house last time now. He wounded us, gave us some dirty blow. We have not recovered yet. We are still not seeing the wound. So, oh, that devil, that devil. May you get to a point where the devil calls you devil. You are afraid. <laughs> Don't be afraid to say amen. I say, may you get to the point where the devil calls you devil. Because you will wreck havoc in this kingdom. Can I have an amen? Yeshua, yeah. you are still afraid. <laughs> you know when the devil says, Ah, that guy is a devil. That guy will injure you. Enjoy him so much that when he thinks of coming to your house, say, no, 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 I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going there. The last time I went there, that guy dealt with me. Because we're in a covenant relationship with God. Somebody say, because of the covenant we have with God. You see this thing that Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians? He got it out from Ezekiel 20 and Isaiah 52. So those of you who don't read Old, old Covenant, say, I don't read Old Testament, I only read the New Testament. You are one-sided. Even Paul, the apostle that taught us most of the things we know in the New Covenant, was quoting from the Old. Read everything. Dwell more in the new, but read everything. Amen? Oh, glory to God. The blood of Jesus is the blood of the new covenant. In Matthew 26, I'm wrapping up now, verses 26 to 28 very quickly. Write it down, Matthew 26, 26 to 28. Let's read together. One to go. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it, and give to the disciples, and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, drink ye all of it. All of you, drink it. Yeah? For this is my blood of the New Testament, the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of their sins. We are going to do that next Sunday, by the grace of God. We're going to take that communion together. The blood of the new covenant. The blood of Jesus is the blood of the new covenant. And that blood, the Bible says, speaks of better things than the blood of righteous Abel. Hebrews 12, 24. Quickly on the screen. I'm rushing now because I have to close in the next two minutes. Hebrews 12, 24. Hebrews 12, 24. Hebrews 12, 24. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Do you understand that scripture? Let me tell you quickly. You've heard of the blood of Abel. Abel was killed by his brother Cain. You know the story in Genesis chapter 4? Hello? When Cain killed his brother Abel, the blood of his brother cried out to God. Genesis 4.10. Can you give that to me on the screen? Genesis 4.10. 
Quickly, please. Genesis chapter 4, verse 10. And he said, now God speaking to Cain, what have you done? The voice of your, your brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Blood speaks. Blood speaks. And you want to be careful from today. I will explain this to you. When Cain killed Abel, the Hebrew word for blood in the Old Covenant, because the Old Testament, Old Covenant was written in Hebrew, the New Testament was written in Greek. The Hebrew word for blood is dumb. Like when you say Adam, the first man that God made, his name is probably just blood. Dumb. In this chapter 4, the word translated blood here was translated blood in English, but it's actually a plural word, which is actually bloods. So what God said was that the voice of your brother's bloods cry out unto me from the ground. What was God saying? Abel was still a single man. He was not yet married. So all the children he was meant to produce were yet in his loins. Are you with me? So when Cain killed him, not only did his own blood cry, the blood of all the children that were supposed to come from that generation, from that lineage, that entire lineage, cried out to God. And that must be a great cry. When you kill a single person, a child, you have killed several generations. Because from that single child will come children. From each of them will come children. From each of them will come children. When I married my wife, we were just single. It was just two of us, myself and my wife. Today, there are four of us in the same house. So I can't behave anyhow anymore. I can't do whatever I like. My wife has lost a bit of her freedom. I mean, because when we just got married and it was just two of us, we lived in a small flat, French flat. We could wear anything, run around in the house, play any kind of rough play, throw pillows around, cock and boo story, eat anywhere, sleep anywhere, and sleep anyhow. It was just the two of us. The door was always locked. So what are you looking for? Are you a thief? But now, we're in the room and we're hearing a knock on the door. Co, co, co. I said, who is that? I hope you lock the door. <laughs> we always lock the door. Because we want to be free, we want to talk. There are things we want to say. We can't say when they are there. There are things we are saying in the car and we are coding. Ah, you remember that? Uh, and, oh, okay. Ah, 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 that captain. Ah, okay. Who is captain? They don't know. They don't know what we are talking about. In their loins, they carry their own children. Each of you, this morning, you carry seed. The seed of the man is called the sperm. The seed of the woman is the egg. And you have dozens of them. I don't know how many you have. To be fruitful and to multiply. But the economy of Nigeria will give you common sense. To plan well. I have stopped at two. Remember my mom of blessed memory asked me one time, 
When is the third one coming? I said, which one is third? God made male and female. Any other sex that God made? He has given me male. He has given me female. Which one? Are you looking for hermaphrodite? You know how much it costs? One, one person's school fees? I had been planning ahead before we got to this point. And then my, my son, that boy, very choosy. When he was little. Daddy, Witterbix. Witterbix. Ah! Oh, there's all conflicts. Witterbix. And he will finish it in no time. And daddy had to get some good money. So, you get what I'm saying? Get this, Shekinah. Get this, get this, get this. I don't know where you're going, but get this. And, and uh, young man, Oji, get this, get this, please. Get this, get this. I'm closing now, but I wanted to get this. When Cain killed Abel, he killed all the generations that could have come, that were destined to come from Abel. So it was all of them, all of the bloods that cried out to God at once. It wasn't just the blood singular of Abel. I beg you, you might have done this before and I'm not condemning you, but don't do it again. Abortion. Are you with me? Are you with me? And if you have done it before, and you have repented before the Lord, don't live in the guilt of the past. Don't let Satan tie you to the past. It's gone. God has forgiven you, and it's under the blood of Jesus. Okay? Some of us have made mistakes. We've lived very wayward life in the past. But if any man be in Christ, a new creature. Amen? We shed some blood. We thank God for the new blood that covered us now and has washed us clean. Can I have an amen? But don't go back there. If you ever make a mistake and you get pregnant, keep the baby. Because of the potential that a child carries. The blood of Abel cried out for vengeance. Imagine several bloods, maybe 1,000 children, maybe a million of them. Inside, do you know how many are coming from you? If Christ tarries in his coming, do you know what only you will become? Now, say you have two children. Your two children will have two, two. The two, two may choose to have three, three, three. Now, each of them will also have maybe three, three, three or two, two, two. Some of them will have four, some five, some six, some one, some two. Now, from generation to generation, we multiply. Can you now imagine if you kill that one person who has never had a child? Ah! You have killed many generations with that person. That day, as Cain killed Abel, all of the bloods cried out to God, Ah! That's what the Yorubas call it. And God heard. God heard. Where is this coming from? It's coming from the earth. God said, Cain, Cain, what have you done? What have you done? Cain said, God said, where's your brother? He said, am, am, I, am I my brother's keeper? Why are you asking me? He was still, he was still arrogant. Ah, what did you do? The bloods of your brother and all his descendants cried out to me. 
Hey, hey, don't feel condemned this morning. Before you feel condemned, let me tell you another blood. The blood of Jesus. Jesus came, went to the cross, surrendered, shed his blood, and the blood cries, mercy, 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 mercy. Yes, Father, I know. I know she's, she's guilty. She's supposed to be condemned, but hey, Father, this is my blood. Ah, Father looked at the blood of his son and said, okay, mercy, mercy. No matter what she's done, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. All things have passed away. Hallelujah. And all things have become new. Satan said, no, he killed before. He committed murder. He killed. Jesus said, hey, this is my blood. Satan keeps quiet. That's why that Hebrews 12, 24 tells us that the blood, we have come to the blood of Jesus that speaks of better things than the blood of righteous Abel. And God said, now, that you are in me through the blood of my son. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate. And I will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters. saith the Lord Almighty. The choir was just so much in the spirit today. And, and the MC so much in the spirit. And they took those songs and one of them said, I am surrounded by the arms of the father. The choir also sang about being sons of God. In my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Satan, you cannot condemn me anymore. I don't care what I did in my past. I have a glorious future in Christ. I am a child of the most high God. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Say, I'm a child of the most high God. Say, Satan, you cannot tie me to my past. You cannot condemn me anymore. I am a child of the most high God. Now listen, we need to constantly remind ourselves that we are sons and daughters of the most high God. Come hell and high waters. Come rain and shine is our covenant father. He will never back out on us. He's our very present help in trouble. You are never alone. Put on the screen for me. Psalm 46 and verse 1. Meditate on this. I'll give you two scriptures to meditate on during the week. Psalm 46 and verse 1. Read it everybody. Let's go together. One, two, go. God is our refuge and strength. A very absent help in trouble. A very present help in trouble. Why is he present? Covenant. Covenant. He says, I will not back out on you. I know you got into trouble, maybe by your own mistakes. You were not smart enough. I've made some blunders in my life. I've made some stupid decisions. I should have consulted one, two, three, four, five people. Get some wisdom, but I didn't. Got myself into trouble. But God said, look, I am with you. A covenant is a covenant. It's not enforced when you are smart. Only. Even when you're stupid. <laughs> are you with me? Are you with me? A covenant is not enforced only when you are good. It's still enforced even when you are bad. A covenant is enforced not only when you are holy, righteous, and you are in the right spiritual tone, even when you are not. A covenant is not just a covenant when you are on the mountaintop. Many friends are with you when you're on the mountaintop. 
But in the valley, they desert you. But the covenant is in force. The God of the mountain is still God in the valley. Can I have an amen? It's the covenant-keeping God. And he sent me here this morning to say to somebody, Psalm 91, verses 15 and 16. He gave me this one for you, 46.1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. But he also gave me Psalm 91, verses 15 and 16 for you. Can you please project that? He shall call upon me. Let's read it together. He shall call upon me. One, two, go. He shall call upon me. And I will answer him. I will be with him in. I will be with him in. I will be with him in. So you may get into trouble, but I will be with him. Covenant. I won't back out. I will be with him in trouble. I will be with him in trouble. Will your father say, because you are in police station, he's not my son, no. I don't know him. If you're a proper child, your father will come. I will be with him in trouble. Be with him in trouble. And what again will I do? I will deliver him. What again will I do? And I will honor him. Next verse. With long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? The next time you are reading this psalm, read it with covenant in mind. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowlers and from the noise of pestilence. He shall cover me with his feathers and under his wings shall I trust. His truth shall be my shield and my buckler. I shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walk ahead in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasted at noonday. A thousand shall fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Only with my eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because I've made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most of my habitation. There shall no evil come near me, neither will any plague come near my dwelling. But he shall give his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. They shall bear me up in their hands, lest I dash my foot against the stone. I shall tread upon the lion and the serpent and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shall I trample under feet. Because I've set my love upon the Lord, therefore will he... Therefore will he... Deliver me. Because I've known his name. I've set my love upon the Lord, therefore will he deliver me. He will set me on high because I've known his name. He will set me on high because I've known his name. I shall call upon him. I shall call upon him and he will answer me. He will be with me in trouble. He will deliver me. So I may get into trouble. Don't worry. That's not the end of your life as a child of God. You get into trouble. You are going to get out. Because when you get into trouble, God also gets into trouble. He said, I will be with him in trouble. So when you are in trouble, God also gets in trouble. And when God gets in trouble, trouble gets in trouble. Trouble itself gets into trouble. Then God delivers you and then he brings honor. Amen? Somebody said deliverance is here. Honor is coming. With long life, will he satisfy me? Personalize it. Say with long life, will he satisfy me? And show me salvation. Amen. Those are covenant promises. We serve a covenant keeping God. Did you get something out of this message today? Really? Did you get something out of this message today? I really wanted to get something. I want covenant to be etched in our spirits. Don't think God is gambling with your life. God knows what he's doing. I preach to you. I preach to myself. You are covenant-keeping God. 
you are. Yahweh. Amen. somebody an opportunity to walk in covenant with God and it begins at the new birth would you like to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior would you like to walk in covenant with God do you desire to stop having a casual relationship with God? You want to get into a serious work with God? Because the days in which we live are very serious. Serious things are happening to young people, to the elderly. The way the sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night, is for you to walk in covenant. Walk in covenant with Jesus. All eyes closed. We'll still take that song and then I want to pray for the church. But first of all, I want to pray with a few people who would like to say, Pastor, please pray with me. <laughs> I don't want to play church. I don't want to deceive myself anymore. I want to surrender my heart to Jesus.
I know I need to be born again. I know I need to surrender my heart. All eyes closed.